Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for April 6th, 2018. And we have kind of another weird slate here. I don't think it's a bad slate, but it's just not a lot of pitching options. So we kind of have to make a decision where do we want to try to get risky at pitcher or do we want to get risky at offense? Because I think that there are some obvious pitching choices on the high end and there's some obvious hitting options going up against some shitty pitchers. So right away we start with Lance McCullers, 12,300 at home against the Padres. Pretty easily the top pitching choice on the slate. Would you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, there's no way that anyone else is in consideration here. Um, as far as his price, though, um, I think that we kind of just have to pay it. There aren't a lot of good choices here. Like, I won't say I'm all in McCullers, but I think that his baseline price probably should be around, I don't know, 11000 maybe slightly lower than that. Um, McCullers has pretty significant home road splits. He's way better at home. And this is the easiest matchup in baseball right now, especially if Will Myers is still out of the lineup for the Padres. So I think McCullers is playable at 12300 Maybe it's a fair price. Maybe it's a little too low of a price. Either way, though, with limited pitching choices, I think he makes the most sense of anyone for this slate. Yeah, and then also just going back to what you said about Will Myers, he's on the DL, so he's definitely going to be out. It's a shitty Padres lineup. Something I was saying about the Padres the other day was that they are an improved offense overall this year with Eric Hosmer added to the team. But I think that adding Harry Cosmer and losing Will Myers, I basically expect them to be the same offense they were last season. Do you think that pretty much makes sense? Yeah, I think they'll be a little better against righties and a little worse against lefties. Like Hosmer's left-handed, Myers is right-handed. So the, the matchup gets slightly more challenging for McCullers, but it's not a noticeable difference, I don't think. It's just a very minor difference. All right, so moving into the other pitchers that I think are worth consideration— I think Maeda, that's that's too expensive for him, 11200 I know he was really good the opening day against the Giants, and people might want to roster him for that, but that's way more than I want to pay for him. I think that the next best guy to roster is going to be Luis Castillo at 8700 uh, Lots of strikeout upside in Castillo. He was really good as a rookie last year. He did struggle in his opening start to the season, but it's worth noting that was against the Washington Nationals. That's one of the better offenses in baseball. I, I don't really have as much concern about the Pirates offense, the figures to be not very powerful this year. And then also a game in Pittsburgh. So it's a park upgrade for Luis Castillo, which I think offsets him pitching on the road. Would you agree that Luis Castillo is the second best option on the slate? Well, I think I would before I just looked up the weather. Uh, Let me just touch on him as a pitcher first, and then I'll get to the weather. Uh, Castillo had six strikeouts and one walk on opening day. So it was kind of just the home runs that killed him. And he still pitched fairly well otherwise. He had a 21.2 swinging strike percentage for the game. Um, he was 12.6 last year. Obviously, he's not going to sustain 21% swinging strikes all year. But it's a good sign that even in a game he pitched poorly, he was still getting a ton of swing and misses. I think that, that that's what we're looking for here. It's the strikeout upside. The The sharp money also looks to be on the Reds. Um, public is a little biased towards the Pirates. And the line has still dropped from plus 110 to the Red, for the Reds to about pick them. I think that the Reds are just a little underrated as a team and the Pirates are a little overrated as a team. It's just kind of a name bias on those two. Castillo is a better pitcher than Trevor Williams. So I guess what I'm saying is I don't think it's that unlikely that Castillo gets the win bonus. I think he's got a pretty good shot for it. The problem here is that the wind is blowing out and we're looking at rain. Um, so it looks like a 15-mile-an-hour wind or so blowing out to center field, left center field. And 
there's a pretty good chance of rain and maybe even snow later in the night. So assuming the weather holds, Castillo is definitely the number two pitching choice, but that's just something we're going to have to figure out because I don't think he's such a lock of a play that it's worth risking him if the weather is iffy. But if the weather's clear, I have no problem with him. And uh, the temperature also should mitigate some of that wind effect. It's going to be cold. So it's, it's not so much the wind blowing out that I'm concerned with. It's just that the game would get stopped midway or just not play at all. Okay, so here's one of the issues I have with the weather for tomorrow is that almost every game has rain in the forecast. So for right now, I think that so many of these games have a chance of being canceled the day before that I, I don't even know if we could factor it in right now and we just have to look at what the updates are for tomorrow because the Reds-Pirates game has a high chance of rain. The Orioles-Yankees game has a pretty high chance of rain. The Blue Jays-Rangers game has a pretty high chance of rain. The Dodgers-Giants game right now has is showing a 100% chance of rain. So with all of these games with weather concerns, I think we just have to talk about them as is, and then we're going to do an update for weather tomorrow at some point, because it looks like a lot of these games are at risk of being canceled. So how would you handle that kind of situation tomorrow? Well, okay, let me just mention a couple situations where we should be okay on weather before we get to the rest of the pitching. Um, Houston plays in a dome where they have a retractable roof, so we don't have to worry about McCullers. And then for Texas, like you mentioned, uh, the rain is supposed to be earlier in the night, but it looks like it'll clear up, so maybe just a delay there. Yeah, that Giants-Dodgers uh, game, well, I don't like Kenta Maeda anyway, but we'll we'll have to talk about that game when we get to offenses because Maeda is really expensive. And then the Yankee game, I guess that'll that'll affect a lot of what we're doing too. Um, I, I don't really know. This, is, this looks like a mess of a slate, but the one thing that I'm pretty certain of is I'll be close to all in McCullers with more certainty on him and just a lot of uncertainty on these other situations that are outdoors. Um, Houston doesn't have to worry about weather. So at least, at least we have that. Do you, do you think that you'll be basically all in McCullers now, just not knowing exactly what to expect with the other pitching? Um, probably not. Um, it just cause it's still a really expensive price for him. And I think that there are going to be some expensive offenses I want to roster. So, maybe I'd consider going to Kyle Hendricks at 9,400. Would you have any interest in playing him? I think I'd actually rather play Brandon Woodruff in that game um, just for the salary savings. Like if you're going to, I think if I'm going up to 9,400 at Hendricks, I'd rather just use McCullers and just use cheaper plugs or something like to get an expensive offense in. I think I'd rather use McCullers and a cheap pitcher like a very cheap pitcher rather than going like Castillo and uh, Hendricks. Um, Hendricks is sort of in a good matchup. I guess if Christian Yelich is still out, then there's a bump for Hendricks there because um, that makes the Brewers a lot less scary against uh, against right-handed pitching. Um, but I'm just pulling up Woodruff's numbers from last year. They weren't particularly good. 6.7 Ks per nine, about three walks per nine. Um, he's been okay at the bullpen to start the year. Not really. He just hasn't walked a batter yet. But his AAA numbers last year were pretty solid, 8.3 Ks, three walks. I think he's kind of just average, um, and you're getting him at a pretty low cost at 6,900. There are pitchers that are cheaper than him that I think are better plays, but those guys have weather issues. Um, Expected output-wise, though, I think relative to price, Woodruff is just slightly better of a play than Hendricks, but I don't particularly like either of them. So I, I think the case I would make for Hendricks is that his 
his number his peripheral numbers didn't look great last year. He had a three point three a three point oh three RA and a three point eight eight FIP, three point seven six X FIP. But with that said, for his career, he's significantly outperformed his peripherals almost every single season. So I don't necessarily think it's a total fluke. He did strike out eight guys per nine innings last year, which is pretty much in line with what he does. It's a very strikeout-prone Brewers team. So I so I see the potential for upside in Hendricks. And the other thing also is 9400 It's pretty much in line with what his price was most of last year, whereas McCullers, I think, is a little bit overpriced. So I'm not making the case saying I think Hendricks is a better play, but I'm making the case for why I would use some of Hendricks and not be all in McCullers. Do you think that makes any sense? Yeah, I think, well, yeah, that's probably fair. Um, I'm just trying to, I, I mean, I definitely much prefer Luis Castillo. It's just if, if if there's weather issues there, then you kind of just need another pitcher in that price range. So, I don't know. I'm sure I'll have some Hendricks, but only if the other pitchers are really bothered by the rain chances. Um, if, if there's no rain in the forecast in Pittsburgh, or we know that the game is going to play clean, then I won't roster Hendricks. But if we don't have Castillo anymore, like if that game's postponed, then I think both of us probably will roster a decent amount of Hendricks because yeah, we're just we're limited in choices, and the bump for Yelich too I think helps him. Uh, and Hendricks is also a good uh, contact manager; he generates a lot of weak contact, so he's a, he's a better real life pitcher than his peripherals would suggest. And I guess he's okay. I just think he's priced pretty fairly, and we'll see if the matchup improves based on the status of Christian Yelich. So I know you said that you like Brandon Woodruff at 6,900. Are there any other cheap pitchers that you would consider rostering? Well, okay, I don't really like Woodruff. I just think if we run out of these outdoor pitchers, I would I would roster him just because our, our choices would be so thin. Like, I just prefer him to Matt Moore, Derek Holland, Parker Bridwell. Um, Daniel Gossett's pretty bad. I don't think I'd roster Luis Perdomo in Houston. Although maybe that would be someone to consider, but Kevin Gausman is the most interesting pitcher in that price tier amongst the cheap guys. I know you feel that way too because we talked about it before we started. But we liked Gausman on opening day. He was good in the second half of last year. Um, he saw the velocity drop on opening day, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's permanent. Like his velocity could be back up, and he might have just needed a start to just kind of get his arm loose and just increase his strength. And maybe he'll be throwing harder in this start. Um, so if Gaussman is anything like last year's Gaussman for the second half of the season, 5600 is too cheap of a price against anybody. It's just that we have weather to deal with here, and we don't know if Gaussman actually is healthy right now or if his velocity is going to come back. So I think he's worth a, a flyer if there's no rain, but I certainly wouldn't roster him with confidence. Do you feel similarly about that? So I have uh, zero confidence in Gaussman. Here's, here's the case I would make for him, though. There's undoubtedly upside in him at 5,600. The most likely scenario is he gets destroyed by the Yankees. I, I think that's very fair to say, and I think you'd probably agree with that, is that there's probably a better chance that he finishes with negative fantasy points than, say, like 20 fantasy points or so. But I think the 20 fantasy point potential is there, and in addition to that, I think that he's going to go very low-owned in tournaments. I think the Yankees are going to be extremely chalky because of how bad Gaussman was on opening day, and it's only one start, so maybe it was a fluke. I don't think it was. I don't think that that's what's going to end up happening. I think that I, I think he's probably going to be bad this year, but just for GPPs, we're playing for upside, we're playing for ownership. I think in those, within that paradigm, he makes sense to roster. Is that how you feel as well? Yeah, and then 
one other pitcher I'll just mention who I don't really have much interest in because I don't think he's very good, and I think he's got kind of a tough matchup. Um, Trevor Williams should be fairly popular. There's odds value on him, so to speak, because the the Pirates are favored and Williams is cheaper than his counterpart, Castillo. But Williams doesn't really generate strikeouts, and I think that the line for the game is just a little off. Like, I think the Reds with Castillo are better than the Pirates with Williams. Uh, But the lack of strikeout upside, I think, is a problem for Trevor Williams. So if if the game is clear, like, I guess I'd consider him uh, if there are other games that get rained out. Like, if the Yankees-Orioles game gets rained out, but the Pirates-Reds game is playing, then I think Williams might be one of my lower-tier guys I'd use. Like, I I think I prefer him to Woodruff. Uh, Woodruff would only be on the table for me if there's no Reds-Pirates game and there's no Yankees-Orioles game. Um, so just throwing him out there, because I do think people will roster him, but I'm, I'm only mildly interested there. Okay, so that wraps up anything I have to say about pitchers. We can just jump into the offenses now. So at the high end, uh, I still think the Yankees make sense to roster as well. Uh, this is a game that I would want to have both sides of, because I think there's upside in Gaussman. I think there's a lot of upside in the Yankees' offense, and I, it, that also kind of serves as a decent hedge. I certainly wouldn't use them in the same lineup, so don't go ahead and do that. But the Yankees' offense at the high end, I think, has the highest expected output. Is there another offense that you prefer at the high end, or Yankees for you as well? I think it's Yankees, but also I'm looking at the the betting data for this game too, and it it supports Gaussman. Like the the Yankees are receiving almost all the bets at this point, and the line is dropping. The Yankees open minus one eighty five; they're only about minus one seventy right now. It looks to be going lower, and the total has dropped from nine and a half to almost nine. So someone is betting the Orioles in the under, I, I think, or the, yeah, the Orioles in the under, because they, they kind of have confidence in Gaussman, I guess. I mean, there's someone out there that thinks he should do well in this matchup. So I don't know. I don't know if we should buy too much into that. But the Yankees certainly can hit a lot of home runs against anybody. I mean, we rostered them heavily against Blake Snell, who we both think is a good pitcher, just because the Yankees are that good. And it doesn't, it almost doesn't matter who's pitching. Um, my issue with them is their pricing. So I do think they have the highest expected output. But I don't really want to use them that much just because Stanton 5,600, Judge 53, Sanchez 49, Gregorius 47. I mean, there's upside still for the pricing, but they're going to be highly owned and they're expensive. So I don't know. Like, do you, what do you think they need to do to make, make it worth it at those costs? Like, if every one of them hits a home run, then that's worth it, sure. It's de- like, if, if they all, hom- if they all homer, they it's leave. definitely worth it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I guess it depends what the other teams do. But, I mean, most games they aren't all going to homer. Unless Gausman is throwing like 86 miles an hour, I I don't think there's that much expected output to justify these salaries. So I think I'm just moderately interested in the Yankees because I I think they're too expensive. Even if if we're talking about a reduced velocity Gausman, I still think the Yankees are just a little too expensive. Yeah, they're certainly really expensive. And then Depending how many games get canceled, it, it might not even be viable to fit them into to fit them into lineups. Uh, at the very least, I think that they make sense as plugs because I think it's there's a pretty good chance at least one of them homer. So if I'm making a stack of here, here's a stack that I actually like that I think has a lot of value. The Toronto Blue Jays are playing against Matt Moore in Texas. Obviously, I'm, I'm not going to keep saying this for every game, but we have to check what the weather's going to be because this is a potential rainout. Matt Moore is awful. The Blue Jays probably don't have a great offense this year, but they do have some guys who hit lefties well, and they're extremely cheap. Steve Pierce is probably going to lead off against Matt Moore as a lefty. He's only 2,800. Devin Travis is 3,100. 
there's a ton of value on these guys. The only guy who's really super expensive is Josh Donaldson at 4,800, but I'm still fine with that price on him. So for the value and the prices, the, the Blue Jays are my favorite team to stack. Is there, is there a value that you like more than the Blue Jays or do you like the Blue Jays also? No, no, absolutely not. I'm definitely with you on the Blue Jays. That's my favorite offense by far for this slate. Matt Moore is just awful. Um, the Blue Jays have right-handed hitting. I guess it's a little bit of a quirky situation with Steve Pierce and Curtis Granderson platooning because it's fairly likely that one of them pinch hits for the other almost every game. Um, but that probably won't be the case if they're winning by enough. Like if the Blue Jays are up 6-1 to one in the seventh inning, they're not going to be using their bench for pinch hitters. They're just going to leave their guys in. Uh, but if the game's closer, then we might see Granderson pinch in for Pierce, uh, assuming that Pierce starts, and I think he will. So the weather for that game, I do think it's going to be fine. Like just looking at the forecast, the chance of rain is only 15% from 10 o'clock on. Uh, it's going to be warmer there than it will be in most other places. Like we have a chance of snow in Pittsburgh. Um, the temperature for the Yankee game is around 50. We're looking at like 60s for Texas, and the wind is blowing out. So it's, it should be a good hitting environment, it's assuming the game plays um, the other guy that you didn't mention that's expensive also, Justin Smoke. Uh, I don't have a lot of interest in him because as we talked about on the last slate where we rostered Toronto, Kendris Morales has pretty significant platoon splits. He's a switch hitter, but he's much better as a righty and Smoke is better as a lefty. And they're both going to be batting from the right side against the left-handed pitcher. Uh, so Smoke at 4,700 compared to Morales at 2,900. I'm going to have a lot more Morales, and it also makes the Blue Jays a lot cheaper overall. So even if like Smoke is batting third and Morales is batting sixth or seventh, I still prefer Kendrys Morales even lower in the order because I think he has just as much expected output, if not more, and he is just way cheaper. Um, I'll, and then I'm just looking at Pierce's price, but I think that he's probably a really good play too. Yeah, Pierce is 2,800, and he, I think he led off the last time the Blue Jays faced a left-handed pitcher. So there are some really cheap guys in this lineup. And then, I mean, I'm okay with paying up for Josh Donaldson. It's a really strong matchup. Uh, this isn't even an expensive stack. And I think if the weather breaks right, you can easily fit them in with McCullers and Castillo. And that would hopefully be the route that we get to go if the weather is good. So looking at the other offenses, um, I mean, the Blue Jays are by far my favorite for their prices. Uh, on the high end, I think that the... Uh, the Astros also have a pretty high expected run output, but I prefer the Yankees if I was going to a high end. Uh, do you have a preference on Yankees versus Astros, or do you think the Astros are also just too expensive to stack? Yeah, I think my preference is neither. Uh, I think the Yankees make more sense for plugs because of the home run upside, and I don't think I'll have very much exposure to the Astros. I mean, Josh Reddick is still too cheap at 4000 his price has come up, but that's still not enough for him. So I'd use Reddick. I'd probably use whichever catcher is playing for the Astros because they're still cheap. Um, and Derek Fisher is only 3100 So maybe a back-end Astros stack makes sense. But for the, for the top guys, I, I don't really like the Yankees or Astros. Um, something else from the Texas game, though, because I do like both sides of that game. It has a 10 over-under, so the implied run total is just as high for those teams pretty much as it is for the Yankees. Uh, the Rangers are really cheap, too. And Marco Estrada is a pretty solid pitcher. But he's also very home run prone, and Joey Gallo makes plenty of sense. He's forty five hundred, but that's a, that's an ideal matchup for him to hit a home run. A very very homer prone pitcher who's right handed against Gallo is very scary. And then everyone else on Texas is below four thousand, so 
what do you think of the Rangers as a stack? Because I, I think they're they're maybe as good a value as the Blue Jays, although I, I maybe just slightly prefer Toronto. Yeah, I definitely prefer Toronto, but I still like Texas as a stack, just as you said. And then I think Joey Gallo really makes sense as a plug. This is a perfect game for Joey Gallo to score either 0 or 16 fantasy points, which are really his only two outcomes. So in terms of other... Or 32. Yeah, 30-point yeah, game sometimes. <laughs> yeah, or, or a 28-point game. Uh, in terms of other offenses, like I would say that there's some interest in the Dodgers-Giants game. But as long as we're talking about games with rain chance, I think we could just kind of overlook it just because the forecast is literally showing a 100% chance of rain right now. Yeah, we, we don't have to touch on that game. I mean, just very, very briefly, Derek Holland is bad. He's left-handed. The Dodgers have a lot of righties. It makes sense. But I think the only other offense I would consider, um, and I think just for ownership reasons, because the Yankees should be popular, I think the Astros will be very popular the Cubs are in a pretty good spot, too. I know I mentioned Brandon Woodruff already, but he's not very good. I was basically just talking about rostering him as an emergency if we run out of pitching choices. Uh, the Cubs are a little bit cheaper than the Astros and Yankees, and I think they're just going to go overlooked because uh, the Yankees and Astros are such big favorites. The Cubs game is much closer to pick them, but it's a stronger hitting environment. We don't really have to worry about the weather there because Milwaukee plays with a retractable roof, too. I'm sure they'll have the roof up if, uh, if there's rain. The Cubs are pricey, but I think there's there's some decent ownership leverage there too. What do you what do you think about that? Um, on the high end, I still prefer Yankees players as plugs, and I think for the pricing, I slightly prefer the Angels going up against Daniel Gossett, who are slightly cheaper than the Cubs. Gossett six point one one ERA last year, five point five nine FIP, and a twenty one point two percent home run to fly ball rate. He was awful to start the year. He pitched four innings, had zero strikeouts, and walked a couple of guys. So I think that the Angels make more sense as plays in that price range than the Cubs do. Yeah, I think I actually agree with you. And something I mentioned for today is that Josh Hader hasn't pitched in a while. And it's, I guess, because the Brewers haven't had a game situation for him to be used in. But he'll probably pitch at some point. Like, if the game is close, I think we'll see Hader pitch like the 4th, 5th, and 6th, or 5th, 6th, and 7th, or something like that. And that really lowers the upside for the Cubs. It just makes it a lot harder to match up, especially for the lefties. Like, I could see Schwarber or um, Hayward or someone like that getting pinch hit for in the middle innings. So that kind of ruins the stacks. Like, I still don't mind Bryant and Rizzo as plugs. But, yeah, I think Trout is probably a better play than those guys. And just that game overall should be a pretty high-scoring game because both pitchers are bad, both bullpens are bad. Um, there was a lot of home run potential on both teams. I don't think I have interest in Otani at 3,900, but I do like as like guys like Trout, Chris Davis, Justin Upton, Matt Olson. I think plugs from this game definitely makes sense. Uh, yeah, a couple other guys. Uh, Cole, Cole Calhoun's also really cheap. So he is at uh, where was Cole Calhoun? I just had him. 3,400. 3,400. Calhoun. Yeah. And we have Jed Lowry and Matt Choice are cheaper than that too. So I think all those guys make sense. All right, so I think that covers the slate. Watch out for the weather tomorrow. You can follow me on Twitter at GRNBirdDFS. Matt's Twitter handle is at Preaching Sense. Have a good weekend, and we'll be back on Monday.